Welcome, everybody, to the Iditarod Tales from the Trail podcast. This is your host, Kristen, and today I have Jeff Schultz, Iditarod photographer, famed Iditarod photographer, with us today. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Kristen. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. I'm sure you have so many stories to tell. Um, I don't think we'll get to all of them. (laughs) in our uh, short time here together, but um, I did want to talk to you about, you know, I did rot and, and how you got kind of involved. And um, how about you um, if tell people a little bit about yourself if they don't really quite know what you do? Sure. Um, I've been a professional photographer here in Anchorage since uh, 1982 full-time and, of course, did a lot of part-time work before 1982, and now I do photo tours and workshops in Alaska, plus a few assignments here and there, and still have a big library of stock photos, both of Iditarod and of wildlife and nature in Alaska. So when did you um, start with the Iditarod? Did you, now I know you've done the posters, Iditarod posters for some time. Was that right when you started? No, that was... No, that was quite a ways after. So I, my first Iditarod race was 1981, over 40 years ago, or just about 40 years ago. So um, that first race, I had contacted Joe Reddington, even though I didn't know anything about Iditarod. I just wanted to photograph somebody famous, a famous Alaskan, in my wedding and portrait photography business, thinking that if I took a really cool portrait of this, you know, well-known Alaskan, Joe Reddington, and put that in my studio, that I could probably get some more business that way. And I just wanted to make a cool portrait of Joe. He, When I saw him at a benefit concert with the Dr. Schultz band at West High School, Dr. Schultz, no relation to me, he, my uh, girlfriend at the time, my wife, Joan, just leaned over and said, doesn't he have a kind face? And with that face and knowing he was famous with dog mushing, I just thought, what a cool portrait that would be. Are you are you from Alaska or did you come up here uh, and then, you know, get into photography here or, or where you're from? Right. So I grew up in the Bay Area of California, but I read a book about a man who, when I was in high school, I read a book about a man who built a log cabin and lived off the land. And in California, in the Bay Area, there's just too many people and too much pavement. So Alaska is where I wanted to go. So I wrote to a restaurant here in Anchorage, Sizzler Steakhouse, that I worked for in California, and um, asked them if I could have a job. So I moved up here when just three months after graduating from high school when I was 18 in 1978. I moved to Alaska and then met Joe Sr. in 1980. And um, that's when, after photographing that portrait, um, Joe, actually before photographing the portrait itself, Joe is the kind of guy that wanted to get everybody involved with Iditarod. So he, he um, showed me slides. He used to be a good photographer himself, took Kodachrome slides back in the 50s and 60s. And he showed me photographs of him homesteading during Iditarod. And I was all over that. I just ate it all up. And he said, well, Jeff, I've got 300 sled dogs here. Why don't you take, you know, 20 of them? to Nome next year. And, you know, there's no way I'm going to do that because I'm a Chichaco. I don't know squat about dog mushing. <laughs> yeah. But he just said, well, if you don't want to 
run Iditarod, then come take pictures for us. And that's how I got involved with Iditarod, doing it on my own. I paid for everything the first year. I went on the trail, donated the photos to um, to the mother of the Iditarod for the um, – for the annual yearbook to Dorothy Page and she, and somebody, I don't know who, but somebody uh, before the 82 race, uh, they said, Jeff, why don't you come back next year? If you donate your photos and pay for all your film and processing, we'll pay for your airplane. And so that's basically how I've worked. I'm still a volunteer and I did odd flight has flown me around in the past and paid for that. And I pay for everything else. You you were a young guy then when you kind of first started all of this. You were like straight into it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right when you got here. Yep, yep. Wow. <laughs> um, so you've just been doing it kind of ever since. And you still do our um, musher portraits. And we just saw you at the, the musher picnic doing rookie portraits and uh now do you when you're out there or now um do you follow like certain mushers and do you kind of like oh this this musher you know looks like he's they're doing pretty good and this one you know do you get into the you know the the strategy or the the competition of it all and kind of know what's going on (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. And just to be clear, I did, um, to clear to the listeners, I did um, technically retire from being the quote race photographer um, the year before last. And now I'm just, I'm still official photographer helping out Iditarod where I can. Still want to do my Faces of Iditarod uh, project. But the answer to your question is even when I was just the official photographer, no, I never followed the race as far as the race itself was concerned. I only cared about getting good pictures of any dog team in just a great location, doing whatever they're doing. So I really didn't follow the leaders of the race until they reached the coast where I kind of had to stay up with them so that I could be with them at the finish line. But no, I was all about just, well, just like I said, making good photos of any musher whatsoever in a great environment. And, um, And that's what I did for so long. Exactly. And what wonderful photos they are. And people can go to your your website. Uh, Why don't you tell everybody your website where they can kind of see your catalog of not just mushing photos, but whatever you, you know, you have on there. Yeah, so if they go to www.schultzphoto.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, photo.com, they can see my Iditarod pictures. They can search for even individual mushers if they want. There's a certain area where all my Iditarod photos are online, or at least the majority of them, so they can search for Rick Swenson in Rainy Pass and find those photos or whomever and wherever. So, yeah, I... I sure enjoy photographing the race and have been sharing it around the world for so long. It's been a real joy for me. And of course we, you know, are grateful to have your expertise in your photos and sharing them with Iditarod. And uh, like you said, you are retired from the trail, but still are doing the portraits and um, get to, you know, you've gotten to meet the the rookies that are are upcoming this year. Um, 
and they're just very lovely photos. I Thank even you. yeah, um, people just really love them, and they they really like you know your involvement and appreciate your involvement from us the staff to all the Iditarod fans as well. Um, and I there's some really good photos of you, not just the mushrooms, but there's some really neat photos of you on the trail. I think there's this one where you're out, you know, it's snowy. It's, it might be kind of like almost night and it's looks like it's super windy and, and uh, I don't know, snow's blowing in your face. I don't know who took that picture of you, uh, just showing you on the trail, but or did you take that of yourself? I maybe you did. No, somebody else took the photo. But you're right; I don't have a lot of photos of me on the trail. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm I don't really care or need to want to do that. But I love photographing uh, everybody out there. Now, are you bringing like sleeping bags and? Um, why don't you talk a little bit about the trail life? Like you're, you're hauling equipment and all these, sure. you got bags of, of photo stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, so I, I'm just like any other volunteer, as far as I'm traveling the trail, the difference between myself and other volunteers is that as I'm trying to go to every single checkpoint and places in between. So I travel light. I have one uh, duffel bag that has all my extra clothes in it. Um, but pretty much everything's on my body when I uh, when I start the race, and then I have a backpack with my laptop and chargers and all that stuff, and then uh, another photo backpack with my camera gear. But I'm always shooting with two cameras, and I have a spare spare third one and a number of lenses. And uh, you know, I just like any other volunteer, I sleep wherever I can. Um, Typically, I try to get out of the way. I've learned my lesson enough to know that I should try to sleep in a closet or under a table or somewhere well out of the way of other people. I've also learned a good lesson, which is always carry earplugs. So when the 30 or 40 other people I'm sleeping with are there, I'm, uh, I don't get interrupted by the snoring and such. But So I'm traveling from place to place. I'll hit two or three checkpoints uh, when I'm on the trail, hit two or three checkpoints a day. And ideally, land between checkpoints. I'll oftentimes um, rent or borrow a snow machine or hire somebody to take me by snow machine between checkpoints. I mean, I love um, using the folks at Rainy Pass, the Perrins, and going from the Rainy Pass checkpoint to Roan and stopping in between and photographing mushers. To me, that's the real Iditarod between the checkpoints. I love that part. But that's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of silly work to do all that stuff. But uh, but I love it's it. Probably pretty difficult to. Um, are you out there waiting? You know, you like you said, you try to you know hire a snow snow machiner or to to bring you out there. Are you waiting there, or you kind of try to time it to when you know mushers are probably about to come by or maybe a group of mushers? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, you know, for the longest time, we had no trackers on the trail, so we didn't know if someone was coming or not. So I would actually have a handheld air-to-ground radio if I was between checkpoints and if the airplane flew over, I'd say, hey, I'm Jeff down here. Do you see any dog mushers coming by? I mean, it was crazy. 
nowadays with the tracker, it's a lot easier. So, uh, so the answer to the question is, if I'm in the air, I'm flying over and I go, oh, there's somebody. And then I look ahead and go, oh, three miles or four miles more, he'll be coming. So let's land and let's stop and take a picture. Or we'll circle around and do aerial photos. Or um, conversely, if I'm at a checkpoint, I'll look at the tracker and say, oh, somebody's going to, Somebody's eight miles out, so he's going to be here in about an hour, and there's a spot you know, three miles down the trail I flew over, so let me borrow or rent somebody's snow machine and go back there and just wait for him to show up. Because it's all about, you know, the timing is everything. As we say in photography, F8 and be there. So it's not so much about the techniques, though you certainly need to know how to use your camera and such, but it's being at the right place at the right time. And that's honestly how I get a lot of these photographs is being at the right place at the right time, mostly by snow machine. Do you have a a most memorable time on the trail or um, or maybe even a most memorable photo that you've you've taken? I, I know on your website you have like the top uh, best shots of whatever year, you know, um, catalog, any that really stick out to you? Well, there's too many, but yes, there are images that stick out to me. One of my favorite ones was at the summit of Rainy Pass. Um, we're on snow machine. I was with Barry Stanley. This was way back in the film days. And we're in the Pass Creek area, which is just steep on either side, um, kind of sheer cliffs on one side and pretty darn steep hill on the other. And we're down below and I looked up and I went, wow, if I could just get up there, I would get a great different angle of this dog musher. We parked around the corner. We hiked up this really steep thing. We're in the snow up to our waist. But, you know, after 20, 30 minutes, we finally got on top. We literally waited for over an hour for a dog team to come by. Um, it was Diana Maroney. Now Diana, or yes, yeah, Diana Maroney. And, and the photo is just one of those quintessential ones. It's been on the cover of three or four different magazines. Iditarod's used it a bunch. Um, it's on a poster. So it's just, it's finding those unique images that are great. I really like the photo that's on the cover of my Chasing Dogs book, which goes into kind of like my story of being the official photographer. But the picture itself is of a dog team on and it's Jason Barron on Farewell Lake with these spider webs of ice, this green blue ice, and he's on a patch of snow. And that, you know, I only uh, um, chalk up the goodness of that photo to my pilot at the time, Danny Davidson, was flying me, and he circled around, and we, you know, got that frame. So, you know, having good people uh, next to me, like many good pilots over the years, many many good pilots, as well as. Uh, snow machine drivers and people in villages that allow me to borrow or rent their snow machine. That's a big deal. I couldn't do it without all those people. You bring up kind of a um, in interesting thing about how it's a little bit dangerous almost because you're <laughs> in this <laughs> steep, you know, it's cold outside. It's, you know, there might be ice and, you know, maybe some open water or any kind of scary moments you kind of find yourself or put yourself in to get uh, the perfect shot. Well, it's it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but you're certainly taking a risk being out there. So are all the dog mushers. I mean, everybody, even the sure. volunteers yeah. going out there, there's airplane things and all that. But in any case, um 
no real danger. There's some hairy situations. I mean, if when person reads the account of my 1992 plane crash, which was life and death, which is in my Chasing Dogs book, I mean, that was a hairy thing. But fortunately, I don't remember the crash. And we got rescued in five or six hours. So that was a good thing. But anytime you're traveling in Alaska, especially in the wintertime, you're, it makes it a little more interesting anyway. Always an adventure, we like to say. Yes, uh, I th- and you know that's part of the reason why people do the Hidrada, or even volunteer, exactly. or you know, be a part of it. And however they are are being a part of the Iditarod. Yep. So, um, you also do. Let's talk a little bit about what you're kind of doing now. You have these uh, photograph tours that you lead, and um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the business side of things that what you're working on now. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, you know, being a photographer back in the day was was a lot of fun. I could make a good living at it. But nowadays, everybody's a photographer because of digital photography. Or not everybody, but most people are. So it's it's a harder deal to get photo assignments for many professional photographers. So a number of years ago, I decided to start doing photo tours. This is my sixth year doing photo tours. And so I'll take a group of no more than six on a scheduled photo tour and go photograph bears and moose and glaciers. And it's usually a seven-day trip, six people. It's about mm, almost $8,000 for one of these trips for one person. But they get to see a great parts of Alaska that not a lot of people get to see. So that's I've got tour, uh, probably three or four of those each year, scheduled tours. And then I also do custom private tours. And these are tours where it's more of a serious photographer or someone who just wants to get way off the beaten path and not be with other people. So I'll take either one or two, maybe three people out on a similar tour, but totally different. It's based on whatever they want to do. So some clients, all they want to do is photograph landscapes. So I take them to places in helicopters where many people have never gone before and just I teach them photography on all of these photo tours, so I try to elevate their photography experience another level by teaching them things I've learned over the years. So it's a lot of fun. People tend to enjoy those, and those are listed on my website as well. One of our um, veterinarians went on one of your tours, Kim. Kim. Kim Henneman, yeah. Yes. She did. Yeah. So they sound really cool. And I always see your um, uh, your social media posts that talk about them. Uh, so people can also find you on social media. Why don't you tell everybody where to uh, find you? Sure. I'm on uh, Instagram and also at on Facebook, even on Twitter a little bit and LinkedIn. So all those places I tend to post photos at and there's typically links to where people can either buy photos or my calendar i really enjoy publishing my photo calendar every year it's just an alaska calendar with um landscapes and wildlife and of course there has to be a dog mushing photo in it every year but um that's a cool one to purchase on my website as well tell you what if i could make a living just doing the calendar it would be great because i just love being outside in Alaska with the wildlife and the nature and creating photos that I can share with the world. It's a lot of fun. Well, you are uh, very much loved by our Iditarod 
nation, as it were, <laughs> mm -hmm. and appreciated by the Iditarod for um, being a part of it and sharing your photos. And we're always love having you, you know, back every year, of course, now doing um, the, the portraits as you've always been doing. Well, thank you, Jeff, for coming on the show. I know we could probably talk forever about, you know, experiences you've had on the trail and um, any any other interesting stories you want to mention before we sign off. I've got too many to list, but I <laughs> sure I'm 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 just grateful for the Iditarod Nation, um, Iditarod staff. You know, it's been a pleasure for me to be part of Iditarod for 40 years now. It's pretty pretty cool nation and family. And if one thing I will plug is if anyone has, has not seen it yet, going to see the Faces of Iditarod um, project at facesofiditarod.com. And it's, it's on Iditarod's website. The beauty of this is to me, it's an anti-PETA statement. When, when mushers talk about the personality of their dogs, it just melts my heart and makes me feel good that these dogs are loved so much. And it's a real big deal. And then also, because of the Iditarod family out there, I just, you know, the fact that there's 550 of these portraits out there and people can not only see their face, but they can read about them. And then they can also hear their voice about their Iditarod experience. I love that project and hope more people uh, get involved with that as I go down the trail. Yes, thanks for um, reminding me to bring Faces of Iditarod up. It's very cool. Um, you have of course, a really great portrait of each person that you have recorded. It's basically an interview type with three questions. Is that right? Now yep. if I'm remembering. And there's audio and you get to hear each individual story and you could put, you know, the voice to a face, a very nice portrait. Um, and there's dogs in there where you have maybe a musher talk about the dog. Yep, in exactly. some cases. Yeah, yep, yeah. That's it's exactly. very cool. And you're, we'll hope to see more, more people, more volunteers or fans or, or dogs in that this year again. Um, so check that out. It's on our website, iditrod.com. And be sure to check out Jeff Schultz and it's schultzphoto.com. Exactly. And check out his Alaska photo tours and, his prints and everything that he has on his website and he's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Oh, and you have a uh, YouTube also. I remember watching That's some right. uh, kind of like how to's or just some, ex you just kind of talk about your experience and some tips on photography yeah, and as a matter of fact, I did. Yes, that's true. I have a YouTube channel, which is just Jeff Schultz Photography. Um, and there's some really good, uh, I'm glad you brought it up, some really good Iditarod behind the scenes um, videos on there, you know, being in Unilocleat and, and different things like that. So, photographing the behind the scenes aspect, um, Iditarod fans might want to take a look at some of those. All right, Jeff, you have so much to share. Uh, we'll definitely direct everybody to your your social media, and we'll put the um, links also up for everybody, so people don't have to remember each one. We'll put them all in the the description of the recording, so you can find that easily there. 
All right, Jeff. Well, I will uh, let you go. I hear you are preparing for more photo tours out in the wilderness. So <laughs> lots yep. to do. Very good. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me on, Kristen. Thank you for coming on.